The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about optimizing your ad creative quality for video. Joining us is Travis Chambers, who is the founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media, which is a creative production and media buying agency that makes large-scale digital sales videos that drive millions in trackable sales to tens of thousands of social shares, press features, and influences culture. Yesterday, Travis told us about the science behind quantitative ad creativity and content, And today we're going to discuss his five ways for improving social video ad performance. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Travis Chambers, founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media. Travis, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, glad to be back. Excited to have you back on the show and to talk a little bit more about video advertising. Yesterday, we talked about some of the ways that you've used data to figure out what the segments and types of video advertising is, how much video costs to produce, and what you can expect from a good quality video campaign. The devil's in the details here. There's always ways to optimize and improve your campaigns. Talk to me about some of the tips that you've developed to optimize campaign performance when it comes to video. I'd say one of the first things is to really adopt a brand awareness and direct response kind of mindset. So old school marketers who ran TV, radio, print are very brand awareness minded. Let's just get the reach. Let's get the impressions. Let's put the word out there. And the words I hear are buzz. Let's get a splash. Let's get a buzz. Let's get some people to understand that we actually exist. Obviously, important part of marketing, maybe not something that drives a lot of revenue. (laughs) Exactly. That's a really good way to put it. So what we found is that the opposite can happen too, though, is with how trackable things are now in this last couple decades, it's really easy to get stuck into, well, Kat Howell's a prominent Facebook advertiser, and she says, get your head out of your ROAS. And ROAS means return on ad spend. Get your head out of your ROAS. And it's a really good saying because... It's a get your head out of your ass jokes for anybody who didn't get it. (laughs) For those of you who didn't catch that. (laughs) It's good to also realize that you cannot rely fully on everything to be immediately profitable either. So the old CMO, 1990s CMO gut feel is still very relevant and very important. And I imagine you see this too, Ben, pretty often. 
Absolutely. And it's honestly something that even though I am a digital marketer by trade, I do believe that you have to have a gut instinct on what is actually impacting your business. I feel like the devil is kind of in the details here, but you know, we're digital marketers at heart. You have to understand the performance too, and then figure out some of the anecdotal benefits as well. Yes, exactly. So we, we found that you've got to have a blend of both of these sides. You've got to have something that's entertaining, that has an emotional connection, that tells a good story that people can connect with and they care about. All those things that we see from Nike and prominent brands like that. But then you get your late night infomercials, which they're going straight for the throat. They're usually not beautiful. They're not very appealing, but they do sell you the problem and the solution. And these worlds have merged. We call it story selling. You've got to have calls to actions. You've got to be very direct about what you're selling, ask for the sale. So it's really the melding of these two things that really makes it so you can be successful acquiring customers with social or digital ads. Story selling, that's some good copywriting right there. So tell me a little bit about story selling and what makes it work. I actually published an article about story selling with Google that they put out. And it was their second top read article this year with Think with Google. So it's definitely a red hot, relevant thing to study right now. The other thing to really focus on is the whole funnel. So you'll get people who will make some lifestyle ad or some brand awareness ad, and they'll run that and they'll hope that that gets results. But on the other side, you'll get people who run like a sale or they'll run a picture of the product just thinking it's going to work. And what we've seen is it takes multiple touch points from high, mid and low funnel. So the old way, and you've probably seen this too, the old way of marketing is let's get the cheap traffic to our site and then let's make the website do all the work. Well, the new way is to get your video ads to do all the work so they get to the site and they just buy right then. So you're building impulse in your video advertising. You're also telling the story, building the brand and the awareness. I guess that's the reason why Sight, Sound, and Motion video in general is so positive is that you can actually get a lot of information across, whether it be emotional or factual, in a very short period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's a fire hose. People don't like to read, especially in 2020. People are lazy. They want to be spoon-fed the information as quickly as possible. And then they want to make a decision. You know, we're barraged with, if you live in a major city, you're barraged with hundreds of ads a day. So it's got to be lightning fast and get to the point. And that's what video does better than anything else. And we've seen it work really well too. You know, frequency, as we all know, as marketers, frequency is really important. So it's important to make a good 10 or 20 different video ads if you really want to turn every stone and make sure that you're testing every kind of message, every type of creative, and then also having the frequency. You know, people are reached in different ways. We, we've done some research. We found that half of people tend to respond to things that look raw and as if they found them in the wild. And then half of people seem to respond to really beautiful high production stuff. So not every person responds the same, even the same production value. It really takes both types. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So talk to me about the tips that you have. I mentioned in the intro that there's five ways to improve your social ad performance. Knowing that people respond differently to different types of videos, what are the things you can do to actually make them perform better when you do produce them? So the first two tips are, one, adopt a mindset that mixes brand awareness with direct response. Two, focus on the whole funnel from high, mid, and low. Make sure that you're getting a lot of touch points in different ways. The third tip is to invest in elite ad buying talent. Fourth is to invest in video and refresh often. And fifth is to have a holistic approach when you're looking to return on ad spend. So if we're talking on the third point here, there's a lot of ad buyers out there. There's a lot of entrepreneurs who do it themselves. There's a lot of agencies. So there's just a lot of options. And a few years ago, it was actually really hard to find good ad buyers because you could do what's called manual bidding on Facebook. So you could actually outsmart their automated buying tools by doing manual targeting. That's not the case anymore. As time has progressed, there's more and more ad buyers that are available. The thing that sticks out to me is the notion of you have to market across the funnel and you're producing a couple different videos to test different formats. Are you, when you're trying to test across the entire funnel, trying to cram everything into one video? Are you trying to cram awareness and direct response into one video and everything in between? Or are you actually creating separate videos, one to build awareness, one to nurture, one to convert? You explained it perfectly. That's it. Awareness, nurture, convert. And what we've done, we call it prospecting as well when you're introducing something to someone for the first time. What we try to do is cram a lot of the messaging into that first video. Now, that being said, we've had testimonials, raw testimonials of people filmed selfie videos at home that have done well at prospecting. So it's really testing and see what works. But that's generally the three tiers. For cheaper products, you'll see that two or three touch points is enough if it's under $20 or $30. If it's over $50, especially over $100, we've seen that the threshold for impulse purchases is usually about $70, $80. Then you want to have more touch points. So the more expensive it is, the more complicated it is, the more touch points you need. And it's really, it's been really interesting to see how people respond to different pricing. So the golden goose that we've found is if you've got a product that's 30 to 60, $70, you're in the impulse buy range. And then if you've got upsells and reorders that can get that average order value up over $100, that's the golden number. The $100 is the really the sweet spot of an average order value that we've seen now. We've had higher priced stuff work really well too. But across the board, if I had to pick, that'd definitely be there. So that's kind of the frequency that you want based on price. As you're thinking about the platforms and the placement, 
What's the difference between taking your videos and buying your ads on Facebook, buying your ads on YouTube, programmatic advertising as well? Is there any rule of thumb for how you should be bidding or working with different platforms? Is there cross-platform pollination? How do you think about the placement of your media once you have it produced? We've seen the highest revenue driving platforms for us have been Facebook. About 60% to 70% of our spend goes there. Just has the richest data. And just the nature of the UX of Facebook lends itself to interrupting people in a prospecting way. So people are not there for anything specific. They're on Facebook because they want to check in with their friends, see baby pictures and dog photos. And so you're able to interject into that process. Whereas most other platforms, especially Google platforms, are very contextual. So YouTube is a discovery contextual platform. So usually if you look up something on YouTube, you're looking for your favorite creator or you're looking for how to fix your kitchen sink or something like that. So it's more relevant, more targeted, but the prospecting capabilities aren't quite as large in volume. And then it goes further down with Google search. You know, you can't really increase the number of people who are searching for you just by running search ads. So what we've seen is Facebook kind of acts like TV. It's your broadcast platform. It's where you want to spend the majority of your money. The more money you spend there, the more money you're able to spend on YouTube and Google. So every time we spend on Facebook, we see that we are able to get more people clicking on YouTube and there's more searches. So there's more volume there. And then it's all from there, it all kind of sprinkles out to Pinterest, to TikTok, to Amazon Video, to all these other platforms. I'm not a huge fan of programmatic. I think it's very branding heavy. There's not much of a direct response ROI there. A lot of brands use programmatic for brand awareness, which is great. But for a lot of e-com direct response brands, not a great choice. So that's kind of the lay of the land. And it's really important to take a holistic point of view and to really measure the totality of everything that's happening. A lot of people will just look at Facebook and they'll cut Google or they'll just look at Google and cut Facebook. But really, they all work in tandem. And Amazon is a big part of that too. I guess the last question that I have for you is most of the conversation has been focused on e-commerce, just sort of getting to Amazon now as you know a potential player for video advertising. But when you think about the broad industry focus, obviously e-commerce and video makes a lot of sense. You could do product demos and work all your testimonials. But in the service-based businesses and things that are outside of just pure e-commerce plays, do you see the same type of responses to video or is it just pure product sales? Yeah, it works just as good. And we've proven that. So we had a company called creditrepair.com. They do about $800 million a year. They fix people's credit. People spend on average about $1,200, $1,500 with them. We made an anchor video, filled a baseball stadium full of extras and extras, and we showed people getting hit by foul balls and <laughs> related that to what it feels like when you get a credit ding. Hilarious. Pretty ballsy for something that's a credit repair, finance, boring industry thing, right? There's lots of funny jokes in there. I myself dinged a guy in the nuts with a baseball, <laughs> with a foam baseball for one of the shots. On purpose? Oh, yeah. Just a foam ball, though, fortunately for him. <laughs> but that took their historical cost per lead down from $250 to $50. So you can understand, I mean, it's an $800 million company. They've been paying $250 per lead for a decade, right? So that's a massive improvement. And then we took it a step further. We're an ad agency. Our average project size is probably about $100,000. And we said, well, I wonder if we could run ads for ourselves, eating our own medicine and see if it works for us. Well, sure enough, first month, $270 cost per lead. Second month, $150. Now it's down to $20 per lead. 
and at a 5% close rate, it's insane. We're talking like a 200 to one return on ad spend. For every seven or $8,000 we spend, we get a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue. So absolutely, yes, it can work for SaaS, it can work for B2B, it can work literally any industry. I wouldn't have said that five years ago, but the Facebook targeting is so deep. We're reaching CMOs, founders, entrepreneurs, marketing directors. We're reaching people you aren't supposed to be able to reach. And they're clicking and they're converting. Adam, it sounds like you've discovered the recipe to the secret sauce. I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about how it's made. Thank you so much. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Travis Chambers, founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Travis, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Travis underscore Chambers, T-R-A-V-I-S underscore C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is chambermedia.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.